0: Just to get us started, we've been getting some really nice emails and articles and suggestions from people, and we're going to start incorporating those into our online discussions, building our brand, but we had a really amazing other idea, that we're going to do an episode that's a Q&A. So get us your ideas and your questions, your adulting hacks, all your brunch suggestions, yes. places to go, places to be over the next two to three weeks. You can email us or go on our website or Facebook or Twitter or whatever you want. Get that to us so that we can incorporate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And remember, guys, this is a family-friendly podcast. Well, kind of, but you know
0: a semi family friendly podcast think it through before it you is, send it it is explicitly rated <laughs> Sarah and I'm Dana and we're here with the can't see your happy hour podcast destination
1: yes and I'm drinking coffee so we're gonna have to change that pretty soon it's okay we've
0: got all the liquids happening right now we've got <laughs> water we've got coffee we've got wine ready to drink um so I thought that on this episode it was time to talk about something that always comes up in our conversation any conversation which is college college Um, So just for clarity, I went to the one and only Public Ivy Crew U Miami University in Ohio. (laughs) Yes, I know there's a city in Florida called Miami. Yes, Miami was a university when Florida belonged to Spain. Yes, we were here first. Get over it. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, Dana, you want to remind us of where yeah. you went? Uh, so, for undergrad,
1: I went to the University of Illinois. Uh, Some
0: little school in southern Illinois, right?
1: I'm gonna punch you in the face. No, just
0: kidding. Yes,
1: the, <laughs> Illinois is real Big Ten school, uh, the Fighting Illini. And then for grad school, I went to Cornell.
0: They're so very different. Yeah, both semi rural. They're both because like, a, a good sized town, and so is Champaign Urbana. Yeah,
1: um, and they're both land grant universities. Cornell is the only I mean, Ivy League land grant.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't know
1: that about yep. Cornell. It's also, it's also the only Ivy League with an agriculture program so and U of I is a big ag school so there is a lot of connections there actually so um, Cool. but yeah no definitely different vibes but I consider myself first and foremost an Illini
0: for sure I feel like that's just how it is like I, not that I've gone to grad school but yeah. I feel like no matter what the place you spent those formative years will always be like the most pivotal hell yeah thing yeah so I thought we'd just start with like a softball question thinking back to episode six and what okay. type of drinking person you are so Dana what is something that you drank in college that you would never ever under any circumstance drink again?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. So I once went to a box wine formal at a what? Frat. <laughs> yep, uh, <laughs> this particular fraternity <laughs> could not afford a real formal, um, and so they, my 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 really good friend from college and I went, and they just had a a bar of Franzia boxes. <laughs>
0: Because, okay, for clarity, for anybody who's, like, younger than us, box wine has come a long way. Oh,
1: truly. Like, truly, it is
0: basically just Franzia.
1: Franzia is, is juice and and barf. Like, it's awful. We, <laughs> My friend and I were super into the fruity red sangria flavor. Um, I bet. And then the best part about that particular formal was at midnight, they popped a bottle of Andre on everybody. Oh, yay! So, Franzia <laughs> is probably my number one. And number two... We used to pre-drink on Thursday nights. We always went to the same bar. And we would pre-drink while watching Jersey Shore.
0: Oh, my God. Orange
1: juice and tequila.
0: Yeah. I mean... It's a drink. That's why it's actually pretty Jaeger. Good. Like, I hate oh, Jaeger so God. much. Like, yes. just that like, I didn't even like it then, but it was, like, such a fad to order shots of Jaeger. Or Jaeger like, bombs. Or Jaeger bombs. And you're like, oh. who oh. even, like, like this is a marketing ploy to get you to buy this stupid thing with, like, the- they had, like, the dispensers or whatever to try to make it cool. Like, it's <laughs> so gross. It's filthy. Like, it's yes. disgusting. Um, other things would probably be, like, Everclear. Like, I'll never drink that again if I have any knowledge of it. One of my like, friends told me ugh. recently
1: that he had a, um, an Everclear margarita.
0: Why would in you Denver. do that?
1: He didn't know. He, like, thought that it was, like, um, a regular margarita, and then afterwards his cousin was like, oh, that was Everclear. I was like, what? It's wha- just,
0: like, unnecessary. Ugh. Why do you have to, do like, no. No. And we used to, we, they didn't even sell it in Ohio, but, like, where... Where our campus was, it was like a nine minute drive to Indiana. So people would just like drive to Indiana and buy Everclear, and I'm like, this is it? like that might be don't... the saddest sense I've
1: ever heard in my entire life. I... People would drive to Indiana to buy Everclear. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. <laughs> I know it's so pathetic I'm like college. It's so college. Um, I, I probably would never drink a Long Island iced tea unless someone bought it for me. Like people bought them for me in the yeah. like, following years, and I'm like. Eh, too many bad memories and then there was this other thing and I can't remember if it was what it was called but I think it was called a mind fuck like I know we're explicit reading but like, oh my gosh it was basically like a different version of a Long Island iced tea where there was just like so much liquor in it and like a ton of like Sprite like really Ooh. sweet stuff. like you'd order it at a bar like it was a yeah. drink at a bar like I had this friend who would always he didn't like Long Island iced teas and we'd go out for like karaoke or whatever and that was his like drink of choice Ew. and I'm like thank you for buying me this drink but I will never drink it after I, like, I will never, I will, that's, no. Like I, That's a hangover like, in a glass. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like the effect of it anymore. Oh, well, they, oh it something else. It
1: worked. I'll tell you that. You yeah. Got you got rolled You got mine fucked. Yeah. No, the, um, <laughs> another one is fish bowls. Ugh. Those. just sounds like a bad. Have you ever done a fish bowl? No. Oh, my God. So, there's a place at U of I and at Cornell that both had fish bowls. Um, and it's basically just a giant bowl like a fish bowl full of liquor and I don't even remember what was in it but it's super super sweet and like you would get like 10 straws and like you and your friends would like all drink out of it no and it was so it would get you so so messed up because it was so sweet you wouldn't realize what you're drinking yeah. and the hangover was the worst hangover like it's the worst hangover like, ever it's awful and I did it in grad school and was like I am too old for this like yeah, this
0: is, yeah. I also can't sleep that late anymore like
1: oh I have no, I have no problem with that
0: I usually able to like sleep till two or three like, yeah. like a champ. And now yeah. I'm like, it's 8.30. How am I still in bed? So I guess for me, like, I was thinking, and I was like, well, Natty Light, obviously. Oh, but that's, yeah. like, too much of a softball. I don't know. Also, when we were at your party, like, a while ago, like, you tried to get me to to shotgun a beer, and I was like, <laughs> I, like, failed so miserably because it's been so long, and I, like, tried so hard to never do that again after I graduated. Um, You're welcome. So I thought that would be, like, a funny thing to talk about. Definitely. But, like, I guess, like, what are your, like, nicer social memories? Like, what are the kinds of things you wish you could go back to? Like, for me, there were, like, different, like, places and people that I really like. I feel like when we first got to college, like, you have this whole idea that, like, you need to go out and be, like, drunk or whatever all the time. My, like, senior year and then when I went back for my last semester, like, there are certain bars you could go to and just, like, have a conversation yeah, and like those I think are the things I like miss the most like there is like this place called Stein's which was like this basement like German bar that served really good German food but they just had like they had like you could get a boot and stuff but like I knew professors that took their like capstone classes there to have a conversation at like 7 and have a beer and talk or there was like another one called Quarter Barrel that had these like like the like life-size Jenga and stuff and people just like went there to hang out Um, We even had this place called Mac and Joe's and this other place called Circle Bar and like there was like another bar that you had to like go through one bar to get to the other one and stuff and people just like were there to get away from the crazy party scene and like those are the the things I think I really miss in terms of like the nice social drinking memories
1: Yeah, so... you guys
0: have a lot of that?
1: Yeah, so, um, it was actually really funny. Um, so in terms of undergrad memories that I miss, I would say that just, like, being so close to some of my best friends, like, physically, I took for granted the fact that I lived with two of my best friends Mm -hmm. for, like, my senior year, and just, like, could come out of my room and see them every day and, like, you know, grab a drink, or, like, I just remember, like... Being hung over on the couch with my friend who would, like, be coloring in a coloring book and watching Spongebob.
0: That's amazing. And just,
1: like, us just, like, making stupid jokes and being there. And, like, that was, even if we were studying or something, just that camaraderie. And, like, my two other best friends lived right across the street, so, like, we could all just, like, hang out and... I miss that, um, and I miss like I used to go on coffee dates with a lot of friends. Yeah, like,
0: I miss that too. Yeah, you can't do that with a nine to five job. Exactly,
1: it'd be like, oh, cool. I get out of class at three. Meet me at like espresso, and we'll just grab a drink or yeah. grab a, a cup of coffee, and you know, chat and gossip, and then maybe study a little bit. Mm-hmm. In Cornell, there was a place called uh, Chapter House. Which if any of my SEPA if any of my SIPA people or CEPAL are listening to this, <laughs> um, rest in peace Chapter House because the year after we graduated it burned to the ground.
0: Oh my god!
1: Yeah, and it was the place that my my program uh, I, I have an MPA, so the MPA program we go there every Thursday and like eat popcorn and just drink beer and just like have like just talk and like hang out mm-hmm. and it was a really good like building of camaraderie and everything.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's part of what like. I have such vivid memories of those particular like bars and places is because of the conversations that yeah. I had there. And where, friendships like, you build. And like nobody told you that like you're going to get into a job and it's just going to be like the same old same old day after day. And like even if you're working on important stuff like time yeah. works differently in college versus after college. Yeah. And like you just you're like engaging with all these like big ideas, and everyone's willing to have those conversations. And everyone
1: around you is smart and driven, and like
0: and engaged, yeah, because they're all pursuing their degree at the same time. Like they're interacting with different ideas and different concepts and stuff, and they work them,
1: too. Absolutely. Um, was actually really funny about Chapter House was like I said. So I was the MC for my graduation, so I like was basically the main like speaker at uh, my. My program's graduation. Um, And in my speech, I talked about Chapter House and stuff. And I swear to God, it was like five months later, it burned to the ground. And rumor has it that because of all the popcorn that we ate, corn started growing. Corn started growing in the, like, ruins of Chapter House. That's hysterical. And so my friends and I from from grad school are like, ah, yes, you know, we left our mark in Ithaca. (laughs) Yeah, just memories like that are are nice. And like you said, it's just different now. Yeah. Like, I do happy hours and I hang out with friends and, like, I... Love my friends in D.C. very much, but it's just mm-hmm. a very different experience. Then. Right. And,
0: like, some of your best friends are in other places or in other... Yeah. And then, like, you get into other points in your life where, like, you're in one spot and they're in another spot and there's yeah. nothing like being in college where you're all on the same page. Yeah. Like you're all working to get your degree. Like, you're not making different life choices at different points in time. Like, you're not... I, I just... There's, like, such a different social environment. And there's so much passion there. Even,
1: even like, like I was a business major, and, like, I was not passionate about business, Mm -hmm. but some of my international business classes, talking about, like, trade and things, like, I would just get into weird conversations with people about nebulous ideas around trade, because I didn't really understand how the world worked yet, but, like, I had all these big ideas about how to change Uh things. Um, And in my MPA program, it was even crazier, because, like, we were just talking about governance and politics all the time, Mm -hmm. and it was just, which, you know, I do that now, but, you know, it was just like a constant like well this is how we can change this and this is how we fix this and I right. love I'm a huge nerd so I just loved engaging in those conversations mm-hmm. in class and out of class exactly
0: honestly. exactly and I knew all these like because I did, when I did my study abroad I did it with the anthropology program oh cool so like my degree was multidisciplinary so like most of the conversations that I had with like people in my program were like really about how to, like, tackle big problems from, like, a that. thousand different angles, but yeah. then getting to, like, see the anthropology side of things and, like, because I had some perspective of that from my classes, but then to hear, like, what other stuff they were studying and, like, kind of connect the dots or, like, for a while I was really interested in comparative religion, so I, I read all these social scientists' work and then they read it too, but, like, from an anthropology perspective so and I was reading cool. it from a religion perspective, so be able to, like, talk about Dorkheim's ideas at a bar while, like, drinking a massive thing of beer was amazing. You're like, oh, I was reading this, blah, blah, blah. And like, everyone's on the same page about like talking about these things. And it's just so cool to have those conversations. Yeah.
1: And that was one of the things I liked about my grad program um, specifically was that like I come, I come from everything from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a business major liberal. So that's like a weird, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of weird disconnects in my head, yeah. but um, sitting down and having a conversation with someone with a poli sci background mm-hmm. or an anthropology background or a sociology background. Like we would unearth things that like we, would, we would have never thought, God damn it. I miss going to class. I know. I'm not,
0: I miss class. I, miss I know things. that are like forced to read interesting things. Yes.
1: Oh my God. Like, I did not want to do this reading and I would start and like And you're like whoa yeah
0: like there's so much in here
1: right or like I I actually kind of miss like research projects
0: before we like get too much farther in I thought we could have some wine
1: yes please so, I just finished my coffee this is perfect
0: um oh my yeah, god so I I have solo cups because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a champ oh my god and I was like at Wegmans peruse, and I was like the looking best. around and I was like Thinking about how I used to like drink a lot of Carlo Rossi, like straight out of the jug, Ugh. like like a weirdo, and I used to Ugh. also pregame by drinking a whole bottle of Arbor Mist, like the regular size bottles. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I never pregamed with Arbor Mist. That was, is sugar in a bottle. Exactly. I was like awake. <laughs> and, like, Lightly buzzed and like there's there's like not even that much alcohol in no. it. You really could drink a whole bottle because it's, it's like, like Boone's Farm. It's like a one percent alcohol. Like it's so <laughs> stupid. But I was like, looking, and they only had the really massive ones. And I was like, I don't need this in my house. No. So I got us a cute little boxed one. Oh my god! It took
1: me back to Franzi a formal. It's,
0: but like I like texted. My sister, the lovely producer of this podcast, and I was like, which one's, like, not shitty? And she said that black box is good. Black box
1: is good. I went with
0: black box. And I went with the Pinot Grigio. She recommended Chardonnay, but I'm not a big Chardonnay person. Um, And then I was like, I don't know about red wine in a box.
1: So... Nice. Oh, it's very clear. It looks like water.
0: It does. Actually, in the cup, it's kind of yellow.
1: Yeah. Because
0: Pinot Grigio is usually, like, a lighter color. Oh, yeah,
1: no. This is normal, but... Also, it's a really nice day here in DC, so like having a white wine makes a lot of sense. That's true. Yes,
0: I didn't check the weather, but
1: <laughs> it's really nice out.
0: All right, cheers! Cheers! Oh, it our... smells. It's you know what it smells like. It smells like Easter egg dye. Oh
1: god! <laughs> <laughs> it's it, sorry. It, it, <laughs> it kind of
0: smells like a frat basement. I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> I don't know which is worse. The fact that we came from that from such different angles is concerning. Just...
0: Neither one is good. It's bubbly, which I don't know why it's bubbly. Because it came out of a box. Ooh. This actually isn't horrible. No,
1: it tastes much better than it smells.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I've had their Sauv Blanc before, and their Sauv Blanc is better than this, but they only had Sauv Blancs in, like, the four bottles of wine to a box box, and I was like, I'm not not responsible enough to have that in my fridge.
1: (laughs) 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 Fair. It tastes like... If someone wrote down what they think Pinot Grigio should taste like, they made a wine that's like, there's nothing like unique about it. Okay. And I think it's a little flat.
0: I could, actually, that makes sense. I'm not a huge,
1: and I'm not the biggest fan, but for box
0: wine, it's excellent. I would give it a two overall, but if I were like going to the beach, I would totally buy this and put it in my bag. Totally. Yeah. I Like a place you can't have glass and you can't,
1: yeah. I'm also going to give it a two it would get a two point five if it didn't smell so weird.
0: Yes, because part with of you.
1: the wine experience, right, is like smelling it, and I don't want to smell this. That being said, I will drink it.
0: Absolutely, I mean, it's like perfect for a solo cup. Because it- <laughs> you're like that is yes, like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to smell it. No, I just want to drink it. I just want to. I want to pound this. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, you know what? You're right. This was made for a solo cup. It was two and a half. Cheers. Two and a half Solo Cups? You can't hear us cheering because Solo Cups don't click. <laughs> but we did. <laughs> also, um, FYI to the listeners out there, uh, one of my friends actually texted me uh, when Stitcher, like, there was some problem with Stitcher, like, getting the podcast up or whatever. Uh-huh. One of my buddies texted me and he was like, wait, are you and Sarah, like, actually not friends anymore after the Super Bowl? Because Oh, no! he was like, your, ne- your, your next... Uh, podcast didn't go up. Like, are you not doing it anymore? Like, what's going on?
0: I'm so sorry Um, if anybody thought um, that. And I I, I have to let you all know.
1: I have to let you all know. We are happy houring at at Sarah's house right now. And there is Philadelphia Eagles stuff everywhere. (laughs) It is. I am looking at a Philadelphia Eagles hat right now.
0: Okay, for the record, I was like, I have really bad hat hair. I'm gonna put a hat on today so that I can like whatever look like a preppy fool and also like I mean do not you see German. me? Yeah. But <laughs> I made a concerted effort to not wear the Eagles hat. I
1: appreciate that, but I walk in Blackhawks. I walk because I know you don't care about hawks. No, and I <laughs> I like the Hawks if I'm gonna pick a team. I walk in, your boyfriend's sitting on the couch in a Philly in an Eagles sweatshirt under an Eagles or an Eagles Super Bowl winner like pennant. <laughs> pennant. <laughs> And there's a Philadelphia Eagles apron hanging in your. Mm-hmm. I am taking this well, guys, but this is tough for me.
0: He asked if you would want to watch the video, the DVD he bought, and I was like, "Do not ask her that."
1: <laughs> he bought the DVD. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my gosh. All right. Well.
0: You, well, some of us have had one, and not like seventeen hundred. Only
1: five. Only five.
0: Only five.
1: <laughs> I wish you could see what I did just creepily with my hands. All like right.
0: It. Let's get back to the conversation. Anyway, so we've, like, hand. touched on, like, study abroad and student loans, like, in, like, previous conversations. Yes. Um, so that we get a little bit more academic. <laughs> um, so I found, like, a, I know. I know. I'm so cheesy. But I found this, like, interesting... Um, study that like Gallup and Purdue did together. Okay. I was like talking about like the impact of college on workplace engagement and your like current well-being because I was like trying to find like studies that um like talk about the long-term effects of college and like mm-hmm. most of them there was like a really intense one about graduating during the recession but it was like a sixty dollar ebook and I was like a I, it's t- it's too close to home yeah and B I'm not paying sixty dollars for your ebook. So like this one's like a happy medium. It's like interesting and informative, yeah. but like doesn't make me wanna cry. Um, <laughs> fair. Basically, what the study said is that the size, the type, and like the selectivity of your college like don't matter when it comes to, specifically when it comes to your workplace engagement and your current well being. Okay. Obviously, it matters for other things, but, like, not for those. So what they basically did is they looked at support and experience. So, like, they asked people if you had at least one professor who made you feel excited about learning, if you had at least a professor, one professor who cared about you as a person, and if you at least had a mentor who encouraged you to pursue your goals and dreams – and like they took like the strongly agrees and they're kinda in that order. But interesting. So it was like 63% had someone who made them feel excited about learning. Twenty-seven cared about them as a person. Twenty-two had a mentor. But only fourteen percent agreed with all of those. I was about to say
1: in undergrad I only had the, the first one. It like made me excited about learning. I part of that was my fault because I was not engaged enough with my professors. Like yeah. If I could go back now, like
0: I would definitely take advantage of that, but especially going to a big school like we did. It's like, you have to, like, make, like, I had a, I had one professor that, like, I felt, like, really cared about what I had to say, like, I, and I had one professor that really cared about me as a person, like, did I handle that caring well, like, did I take advantage of it and, like, really use that mentorship relationship, like, no, I wish I had, like, in retrospect. I didn't even do it enough in grad school,
1: like, my advisor, um, shout out to Tom, he's (laughs) awesome, um, but I didn't take enough advantage of, like, his experience. Yeah, either. like, that's,
0: yeah. which is sad. So then the experiential part is, like, the three things there were I worked on a project that took a semester or more to complete, which was, like, 32%.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I had an, which is sad, because, like, everybody in, at, in the social sciences at Miami, like, had a semester-long capstone class. And yeah. And that was probably, like the most impactful class I had there. Yeah. Because it yeah. kind of culminated everything. Mm-hmm. Um The next one was like, I had an internship or a job that allowed me to apply what I was learning in the classroom, which was only 29% of people. Yeah, I didn't have that in undergrad. I didn't really have that until I left the country and then I only, I came back. So like, I don't know if like, that counts. Um, and then I was extremely active in extracurricular activities and organizations. That was only 20%, which is crazy to me. Really? I feel like that's the softball. Yeah. Like, I was, like, I led an organization. I was involved in, like, I ran retreats and stuff with, like, I did a whole bunch of, like, you were super active, too, right? I mean, I wasn't super, like, I wasn't as active in my sorority
1: as I should have been. Mm -hmm. I mostly just, like, did it to make friends. But I was really involved. Um, We had an organization called Global Business Brigades. Um. um, And so the rest of the year was spent fundraising and Mm -hmm. prepping and doing all these things. So I was super involved in that. I was the, shockingly, I was the public relations chair. (laughs) And then in grad school, I was the, yeah, grad school. I was super involved. I was the VP of Communications for the Cornell Graduate Student Board. Oh wow! I was on like a couple committees. Yeah, I yeah, can't like, imagine. I, just like
0: I suck alone, my involvement with that. Yeah, was, but you, like, you were insane. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that amount thing. of time and and like we sent people on internships abroad. And like I was, I literally just like just recently, I was in Arizona. And got to see someone who's on my executive board who did two internships with them. At the time, you're like, I want to go abroad. I want to do all this stuff. But like, even like ten years later, almost because oh like gosh. we we started college ten years ago. Yeah, when you think about it, which yep. is sad. Um, Try not to think about it, but I was yeah. thought about it for this podcast. Yeah. Still feeling the effects of that and like how some people that you met on those things were like, are still like your closest friends. But anyway, so they were saying like that those last three experiential, which is like the projects, and the internships and yeah. stuff, only 6% had all three of those things. And if wow. you look at all six statements, it's only 3% of college grads. And they what did like a web <sighs> survey of 30,000 college grads in 2014, if you like want to get really nitty gritty. Um, which is just, cr- so like the thing that most people had was just a, a professor that made them feel excited. Um, so like basically they were interested in a class. Basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, I think, like, I think everybody should have that. It's sad that there's like 30% that didn't. Yeah. So basically they then turned around and looked and said like, okay, so are are you engaged at work? And are you like thriving and like, well be like overall well being? And if you had all three of either bucket, you were, like, two and a half times more likely to be engaged at work. I totally see that. Oh, absolutely. Because you actively... It's actually very easy, I think,
1: in college to just do the bare minimum to graduate and then just, like, have that be the thing. But if you're actively engaging yourself Mm -hmm. in the experience and taking advantage of all of the things that um, are around you, like, there is nothing quite like a college program and so many different experiences for everybody, who, it, no matter what your interest is, right? Yeah. <clears throat> like, you and I both studied abroad, um, very different study abroad experiences, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as we talked but about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, and I see that, like, you, you could take that same energy to the workplace and be like, all right, what do I actively need to do to get involved here? Right, you, absolutely. You train yourself.
0: It was just, it was really interesting. So, like, the, oh, cool. the well-being part of it, too, was... They're saying that if you are engaged at work, your well-being overall is four and a half times higher. Like, if you are emotionally attached to your school, then it's two times higher, your well-being. If you feel like your college prepped you for life afterwards, it's two and a half times higher. Like, so if you had either bucket, it's the first bucket of, like, someone who encouraged you and, yeah. like, wanted cared about you as a person. If you had all three of those things, it's two times higher. And then if you had these, like, Bigger projects that you're saying that like you feel like meaning and you can like conceptualize a big big project and like feel engaged, it's one and a half times higher. So they're basically saying that like it doesn't matter where you go, it doesn't matter what the school is like, your personal engagement. So, this is the quote that I thought was interesting the answers lie in what students are doing in college and how they're experiencing it. Those elements, more than anything else measured, have a profound relationship to a graduate's life and career, yet too few are experiencing them. That's Like, 3% had all six of those, which is so sad when you think of how much money and time and energy you're spending on college. Yeah. And those are the college graduates. Think of all the people who don't graduate. Yeah.
1: That is fascinating. And also, like, says a lot about our higher education and post-secondary system Mm -hmm. as a thing. Like, I professionally now... Do work on um, workforce development yeah. policy, right? We look a lot at things like apprenticeship programs and work-based learning in high schools.
0: Mm-hmm. You Which know, I totally is, dovetails right into this, right? And yeah.
1: I, I, am, those are all people who will not necessarily go to college or not right away. Mm-hmm. And you know, thinking about alternative modes of education around, like, what it is that you're interested in. Like, there was no way I was not going to go to college. Like, yeah. I... Same. I, yeah, I love conceptualizing things. I'm a huge academic. Like, that's just, like, who I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, And there was no option about that. But for some people, like, they just go to college because they think they have to. Right. They maybe would be better engaged with an IT apprenticeship thing where they see the direct measurable effects of what they're learning on their job. Right. Because that seems to be a lot of this. Like, like if I feel like I was learning what I need to be successful in my career, Uh huh. then you feel more engaged
0: with your with the like process, right? Or like you apply right? – like someone cared about you deeply. Yeah. yeah, And you were able to apply it, either in an extracurricular or yeah. a project or an internship or whatever. Like to me, like thinking back, like I think my degree was a really good choice because it gave me the ability to think about things, complex things, and yeah. take them apart and put them back together. But like I know there are plenty of people out there who choose – their degree because it's got a clear career path and I'm yeah. not trying to knock them, but you need to be excited about it. Yeah. And even if that excitement is like somewhat superficial and like, well, this project or like my ability to, yeah. to like go and work somewhere makes me excited about it. Even like, even though I picked it because it's going to like get me a job, like you yeah. have to engage in it or else you don't get the long-term benefits of it. Completely. Part
1: of what we do around work-based learning, which is my main project, is engaging like middle and high school students just around exploring different careers mm-hmm. and getting to know what's out there. Because yeah. there's actually more openings now in the United States than there's people can, who can fill those openings. Yeah. So there's a huge skills gap. People go to college and they're like, well, I guess I'll major in history because I liked it. Right. You know? And like, I'm not knocking history majors because like, I think it's fascinating and history oh, is totally. so important. And, and if you are passionate about it, good you for you. you can get
0: good... Like skills, hell yeah. Yeah, 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 hell yeah, yeah. great analytical Appal- skills, applicable in like all sorts of ways,
1: right? Um, but like, if you're just doing it because you're like, well, I guess this is what I need to do, and when I graduate, I'll get a job doing whatever. That's not helpful, no. But maybe you are super good with your hands, and you should have done a apprenticeship or a, a certificate program or something in like I don't know welding. And you yeah. can make a
0: six-figure salary. And if that's what motivates you, then, then do it. Then awesome. Who cares? Yeah. Like, but I think it's, like, I think that's, like, one of the, not the problems, but, like, the difference between, like, us and, like, certain places in Europe is, yeah. like, I just remember back to, like, middle school and high school. They had us take those stupid tests where you, like, answered a bunch of questions and then you had, like, some, like, really super generic, like, quote-unquote jobs that you were, like, quote-unquote qualified for or, like, whatever. And it just or like, like match, lawyer, yeah. accountant, like whatever. And I like, got actress. You got
1: actress? Actress.
0: I could kind of see that. Oh my,
1: I wanted to be an actress. I think,
0: well, you'd have fun with it.
1: But I also, am, I'm also pretty good at, at guessing what the answers should be for the question to get what I wanted.
0: Yeah, I should have gotten test writer, because I'm like, I can, it's yeah. like all those personality tests where you're like, yeah. oh, I can see where you're going with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think that that would have been, like, I think one of the great things, and like, granted, we're American, we went through the American system, that's our experience, but like, you know, like, Brazil and Germany and all of them, like, they try to funnel you earlier so that they expose you to things and, like, apprenticeships and internships and stuff that give you more experiential learning. And But, like, I think it comes back to this study, right, that, like, you have people that care about your future yeah, more, like, more personally, and then they give you more hands-on stuff so that when you get into it later in life and you're actually, like, a full-functioning adult or whatever like you've got the better well-being you feel more grounded in what you're doing instead of like semi-lost yeah and at least at the beginning and i think it increases um the value
1: of college in its own way too because like you are you're in a classroom with people who are more
0: engaged than if other people are doing other career paths and Mm -hmm. it's 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 nice but that's where community college becomes so pivotal because it's like such an institution of the like because i went in high school i had a teacher that was like not the engaging mentoring type and, like, did not do well in this, like, pre-calc cal- class thing. And so I had the opportunity to, like, go and take it at a local college. I did that for college French class it was and great. I like, loved it. And it was, like, cool to see what those, like, resources were and stuff. And it actually turns out that it's the same college that, like, my mom and her sisters all went to get their associate's degrees. Oh, that's awesome. So it was, like, really cool. And, like, it's been, like, and actually my grandmother uh, taught there as a, she's an interior designer. She, like, taught interior design. I know. That's, I know really, that's cool. really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that explains why you're so crafty. Aw, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's all her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, cool to see, like, how, like, how much that's grown since, like, they were there and, like, how many different ways they're trying to engage different parts of the community to be, like... You know, we can get you, like, you only need an associate's de- degree to do X. Yes. Or, like, you only need a certification to do Y. Yeah. And those are, like, jobs and areas that, like, you might be really good at. And there's, like, it's really valued in our society. And it's not prominent when people in your, your high school are being, like, do you want to be a lawyer or whatever? Yeah. Which, like, not to knock is Like, I work with a lot of lawyers. They're yeah. phenomenal, intelligent people. But, like... Not you need a everything to make yeah. society work, and a lot of these
1: jobs are jobs that will not be outsourced, will not mm-hmm. be mechanized, and it's it's, yeah, no, I um I work a lot with community colleges in my job, and they are vital for the health of our our education system, and uh-huh. anyone who shits on a community college just does not understand the value. Like, no, I also like go hate, there. I also like, really hate, and this is I'll, I will get off of my high horse now because mm-hmm. I know we need to wrap up soon, but. I really hate that people like rank post secondary like this is the best to the worst like oh I went to college that's top tier and like apprenticeships are like the next level because you couldn't no. get into college like can you go? no no everybody has different skill sets um I my skill set matched with like a traditional academic route it was always going to be that but like if someone's like hey I think I'm going to forego college and I'm going to do this certification or this training program and like do it like. Have a great like, like middle class life or upper middle class life. Make money, raise my family, do this thing that I like. That's fucking awesome. Like we need to stop demonizing people for not going to college. And I it's, think that that's. I important. totally, I
0: totally agree with you because I just look at like, there are so many like talented people that when, if like the hot water heater downstairs stopped working or if the furnace blew up. You, like, I want to call a person who knows what they're doing, and I want to pay them a good amount of money Heck so that yeah. they can fix it. And, like, I have a lot of respect for people who are in, like, trades, especially, like, those types of trades where you're running your own business. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, I know how to, like, do this plumbing thing. Like, you know how to do that, and you know how to, like, to run your business, to make yourself profitable, to, like, figure out how much you should charge. Like, there's so many complicated things. And I have a couple other friends who chose... The non non traditional, at least like in the the suburb and the yeah. high school that I came from, yeah. to like not go the full four year college thing, and they are making a good amount of money, they're Heck good yeah. living, and they're really happy, and they're you know like they're happy that they did what they did because it's like much more suited to their skill set, mm-hmm. and and also I'm a big fan of like not rehashing life choices too, but yeah, well I agree it's with a that different conversation, but before wrapping up, I just want to add one more like question to propose. okay quicker question i
1: love this conversation so i know I'm me in.
0: too and i'm like trying to keep like it's funny because i i had like kind of thought of some things we should talk about and then we hit on them without me getting to the oh, questions look <laughs> at us go we're on the same wavelength um i just so did a dance that i do. actually <laughs> i literally i'm quoting myself from like two minutes ago uh, like how i don't like the whole like what would advice do you give to your younger self to make a different like that's Bullshit. I think, like, I'm only the person that I am and I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me because of the things that I've done, the life choices, like, in my control, out of my control, whatever. So, instead of asking that stupid, redundant, (laughs) overly used question, if you could have college you read one book, what would it be?
1: Oh. So, there's a book I like called The Price of Inequality, um, and it's about how our economic system... Continually isolates, um, like, poor people, people of color, marginalized communities, like, uh-huh. through the government's, like, rent-seeking activities. Like, it's, it's something I read a lot, I read in graduate school. And, like, when I graduated undergrad, I um, had a very, like, traditionally neoclassical view of the economy. So, like, very uh-huh. much, like, supply and demand, no controls, like... If people, like, want to get engaged in the economy, they can. If they don't, they don't. And, like, I didn't understand the nuances of, like, what our government and our society had done to marginalize groups of people. Mm -hmm. And it's become a huge passion of mine, Mm -hmm. and I wish that I had known more about it earlier so that I could have made better informed decisions and been more involved when I was younger in that type of work.
0: Awesome. I would have one book to add to what you just said, which was, like, a book that I read. It was probably actually in high school. Which made such a huge impression on me because I used to spend like every Saturday at a food pantry and like. Oh, that's awesome. But I read this book called Nickel and Dime,d which is Mm, by this, which was just. I've never read it, but I've heard of it. It's so it was really good because it gave you like the outsider's first person perspective of learning what living that life meant. Like she wasn't trying to pretend to be that, but she's kind of like I came in with no expect like no understanding of what it's like to live that kind of like truly paycheck to paycheck, like to the point where you can't even put a deposit down for a, an apartment so you're living you're paying a premium to live in a hotel. Like it was yeah. really interesting to to read that and like couple it with that experience. That's great. Um and I wish that like people people knew that narrative a little bit better because there's a lot of people I think that we forget about in our economy that like Yeah. Are marginalized, like you said, marginalized like that. And I made it, we'll link to like the books that we mentioned. Yeah, screen, and I'm going to so. read
1: that. That sounds fascinating. And,
0: and then, so I guess for me, um, this kind of goes along with like my study abroad with like Tibetans and stuff, but, mm. um, there's this book called Living Beautifully with Uncertainty and Change, which is by Pema Chodron, who's, um, she's a Buddha, like Tibetan Buddhist nun, but she oh, wow. came from like a Western background. I want to say she's from Canada. But, like, she goes through, and, like, I have an understanding of, like, Buddhist concepts of how to think about things Mm -hmm. and and stuff. But her whole, her approach to talking about stuff is, like, how do you understand stuff that's, like, outside of your control? And, like, how do you understand how your mind responds to it? And I feel like there was a lot of uncertainty and change, like, in college. And I wish I'd had more of the language around that and the tools to, like, conceptualize it and understand instead of, like, trying to figure it out like or like shove like it i had the re- back it. of your
1: head until it takes you it exactly takes over. Yeah,
0: exactly you're like i don't want to reinvent the wheel and i also can't just ignore this while it like becomes like a monster inside of my head you know what i mean like yeah that's so awesome. I wish i'd like had that language to even talk to myself like earlier on and it's that's a great
1: book that's something i just learned how to do in the last couple of years and it's Aww. yeah no it's, it's it.
0: like huge through through
1: it. my therapist, shout out <laughs> Um, and just, like, a lot of, like, journaling and thinking, and, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it wasn't cool in college to, like, think about yourself in that way, right? Like, yeah. It was never cool to be that
0: girl who was, like, journaling, you know? I, I had f- a friend in college who was really into that, and she, like, helped me connect cool. to that better, which That's I'm, cool. like, so grateful for. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, that wasn't, like, a mainstream, like, cool thing no. to do. Like,
1: I literally rank my anxiety levels every day. I have, like, a, a zero to ten ranking system. Oh, interesting. And I track my anxiety levels, because um, I have anxiety, like, yeah. a, an anxiety issue and so I literally track it every single day so I can like look awesome. at patterns, identify triggers. And like if I had known to do that from a book like like that yeah. when I was younger, it would have made my life a lot more streamlined, I think. Exactly. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. Oh I my just, god. We're we're learning and growing. Oh. oh my god, which is what college is all about. Exactly. This was I think a really good conversation. Like obviously there's still a ton to talk about. We can come back to it later. But yeah. like, we'd love to hear from all of you. Like what was it like when you went to college, like, going back to, like, what would you drink again or never yeah. drink again? But also, like, what... I'd love to hear the book question, too. I um, love that, yeah. Yeah, like, what... Because I don't think that anybody wants to change their life... And you shouldn't. Like, in terms no. of, like, self-love, you shouldn't really want to change their life path. But, like, you might have wanted, like you said, like, that information earlier. So yeah. you knew you knew uh, sooner in your life. So, like, lo- would love some book recommendations. Or if
1: you went down the non-traditional path. Like, oh, that yes. would be cool. Because most of my, Almost all of my friends... I think all of, yeah, all of my friends did the college, some went to grad school, working. Like, I would love to hear if there are other paths that people took, like, how they, how that informed them. And, like, from a professional perspective, that'd be very helpful as well. (laughs) And
0: then if you have friends that, like, maybe aren't into podcasts, if you could forward them this episode and just, like, let them know that we'd literally, like, honestly like to hear from professional, personal, like, perspective. Uh, and then, if you're a part of the very unique and like most cherished part of our audience, whose kids have already gone through college, who are not really our target audience but our biggest supporters, yeah. Um, what kind of value did you see in the ex, like in the experience, and like, yeah. what did you like what did you take away from your kids' college experience? Because like that's something like we don't have like perspective that. on, yeah. But like you've seen what we've done, or people our age have done, and I'd love to hear like if anybody has thoughts on that because you know i but, feel like yeah. that whole educational system has like changed so much over time and it's just going to keep getting different and weirder and like dana will be a part of that professionally of like <laughs> changing how our economy works but that would be really cool to hear too yeah cheers with our box wine i finished mine already you're a champ <laughs> 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 all right bye bye Special thanks for this episode to the Gallup-Purdue study that we referenced for inspiring and informing our little chit-chat. Links to that article as well as a recap of this episode's wine review can be found on our website, www.decantdc.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Join the conversations there and let us know what you thought about everything we talked about in this episode. This episode, as always, was produced by the amazing Catherine Kamowski. And thanks for listening, everybody.